0: Episode 423 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's hot and soggy. In this episode, we talk about Dan Hip, remote work tips, and the tomorrow war. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So put on that poncho, but make sure it's breathable because it's time for another steamy episode. No such thing. to kick off every episode by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our weeks but first let's uh let's just say happy fourth of july to everybody Mm -hmm. in the states uh happy independence day we celebrated this weekend uh patrick you love the fourth of july from what our pre-show banter would conclude so why don't you just start us off sad Mm
1: -hmm. celebratory noises i have listen i take (laughs) no issue with the idea of... Uh, of independence? <laughs> of independence. Our independence. <laughs> <laughs> but being it, where we live, I do feel like it's just another ah. Trump rally a bit. And, and like, I, it's so patriotism is becoming this weird, dirty word. Like if you see a t-shirt that says like colonial or has like some year from the 1700s or has like uh, independence or something like that, you can just assume it's related to qanon at this point or it's related to some like coffee company or clothing company that just tries to uh yeah, okay pandering here's the here's the best example i know of mm-hmm. you'll see like someone'll be like a plumber but then they'll as part of being a plumber, they'll put, like, a Bible verse on their tagline. Yes. And that's their way of trying to loop in all the Christians. Like, oh, they're going to use us because we're we're Christians and Christians stick with Christians. Or right? they'll put, like, an Ichthus on there. Exactly. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it's their way of pandering to this audience. I've talked about this on the show before about how, how dirty I think that is. The mm-hmm. same thing happens with this whole, like, military complex uh uh, or this military uh i should say like pandering to military and we're in an area where the pandering is very great and so i've got to the point now that it's all dirty words to me it's all gross to me i don't like it it's i either think it's pandering or i think it's like making these deep-seated uh horrible like political statements i would love to just put a flag in my front yard and be proud of of independence and unfortunately I feel like it's making all these statements about me to my neighbors that I don't want to be making about myself. And so the Mm. whole thing is getting weird. It's It's the best way to put it.
0: It's important to note for people who don't know where we are, uh, you and I live in San Antonio, which is known as Military USA. There are seven military bases within 30 miles of where we live. We're in like the hub of of Military uh, USA. And so... Yeah, there is this, and it's not even my issue with independence or with patriotism or with, and even the word nationalism has become a dirty word, right? Like for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with being anti American, anti freedom, anti our troops. It has nothing to do with that. My issue with Fourth of July is that (gasps) it has become an excuse for people to get drunk and shoot fireworks from like random fields and parking lots in like all over the country. And for me, I mean, I, don't I literally understand... think this has
2: always been what 4th of July has been I... since you could buy fireworks on the side of the road. <laughs>
0: That's what I understand. But like, wh- but why, how is that the expression of our freedom? Like to me, that doesn't, that doesn't actually mean or say, or do anything <laughs> like it's not. But Here's
1: the problem by, s- by, making that statement you hate freedom and that's what that's what the (laughs) whole weirdness is like so i uh i am a part of a a church denomination and it has the word evangelical in the denomination name but the problem is when you say the word evangelical what do you assume Oh, I hate gay people and mm-hmm. I hate like, like all you think of is all the groups of people that I hate and don't want to associate with and this or that and none of that is true about me as a person. Right. But that word has such a bad connotation and in the same way a lot of these um these uh deeply rooted like just words about our country and our foundation are now associated with second amendment or they're associated with again like Specific uh political parties or they're associated with these other ideologies that I'm not mm-hmm. associated with, and so I feel like I have to like not say those words um and it's it's just a it's such a weird yeah thing to feel yeah anyway. yeah
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, okay.
1: Okay. That's a heavy start to an episode. But
2: uh in the other <laughs> hand, I think fireworks are fun and I'm going to went to the beach and I'm going to hang out with my friends, you know, like
0: That's and, and that's fine. <laughs> but like why but why is that any sort of expression? Like the fireworks part is the part that if you go someplace to celebrate together like and they put mm-hmm. on a big fireworks show. Okay, fine. I'm talking about the excuse to to go <laughs> to go and I'm saying uh... this because this morning as I was driving there were um still remnants of of fireworks being set off in the middle of the road and stuff and all like yeah and people just going and taking cases of beer down in like trenches and down in like ravines and in parking lots and things <laughs> like to me I'm like I, I
1: We'll drink it on the beaches.
0: Why do we'll we drink ne-
1: it on the shore?
0: <laughs> why do we need? Why do we need that anyway? It's just a yeah. I, I, mean, I have like,
2: no problem I ha- with people. Celebrating. I am definitely someone who's done this and like had a good time doing it. So you're part of the say, problem. Like, I hate it, but I don't. I mean, like I don't do it really anymore. Like you know, I'm in my 30s. But uh there's this song I like, and I'm blanking on what the song is. But they have this line where it's like, "There's nothing more American than getting away with it, and shooting off fireworks is usually illegal now." So exactly. There you go. But like that, and that's and I
0: think you have perfectly wrapped up my feelings about it. Um, so anyway, I will say, yeah, like I, will I mean, say.
2: fireworks are a good time, but like you have to be responsible. You shouldn't be an asshole. Like you know,
0: fireworks should be handled by professionals. That's that's my yeah. point.
2: Especially big fireworks. Like if you want to have little sparklers or a Roman candle or two in your driveway, I'm not going to stop you. I think that's fine. But like, be cool about it. Don't be a dick. And don't set anything on fire.
1: <laughs> One thing I do miss is um not, obviously not last year because nobody did anything last year but the last year we uh were alive uh on fourth of july i was in a plane at night flying to somewhere else and i oh, got to wow. see tons of fireworks from the was sky was it like that scene in wonder woman <laughs> it is amazing yeah. I, I it is so like but you know we you were, know
0: who was not shooting those off daryl at the like down the street at the abandoned <laughs> gas station. Those were being shot off by professionals and it was a controlled and
1: regulated environment. No, I was flying cause we I want to say we were flying back uh from Europe. That's when we were coming back. So I was flying into Austin like eleven o'clock at night. It's and hilarious. The fireworks for in the a sky to Europe. <laughs> were beautiful. So I'd recommend um next year buy a plane ticket, be in the air, going over a city when it gets dark. That's a great Fourth of July. Yeah. That would be pretty
0: cool. Uh, also, plane tickets on the Fourth of July are super cheap. Same with Christmas. <laughs> Listen, if yeah, you're all gonna holidays. Fly,
1: fly on Christmas. Fly on Fourth of July. Amazingly, don't cheap. fly the day
2: before either one of those days. This is no. bad.
1: That's bad times. We flew okay? Last
2: I've, I've flown Christmas Eve and It's not bad actually. I've flown
1: Christmas Day, and what Mackenzie and I did, we went to uh, like a Starbucks and we bought like twenty like five or ten dollar like gift cards, and then. To every one of our like flight attendants and our pilots, we just gave them gift Aww. cards on all of our planes. But yeah, that's
2: amazing. That is nice. you're so nice. That's you made all of their Christmases better.
1: And then they were pissed because there was
2: no
0: Starbucks on the plane you, <laughs> or in could, that airport where the the star, you landed. <laughs> the, the plane Starbucks didn't take gift cards. <laughs> they only took air miles.
1: Um. All right, Patrick, finish telling us about your week. Lumen. All right. So I uh, fired back up Apple Arcade. I've managed to have a little bit of free time recently and thought, hey, I need to waste this somehow. Let me see what's <laughs> going on in Apple Arcade since I played last. There were a couple games I enjoyed. I, you know, last year I, I enjoyed uh, whatever that like silly golf one is. Played a bit of the Sasquatch one. Anybody that's been on Apple Arcade knows the games I'm talking about. I don't feel compelled to know their actual names right now. It does not matter. Sure. So I was jumping back in, seeing if there were any updates, and I saw a game named Lumen, and it's a puzzle game. I get into puzzles in a, a pretty uh, serious way. So I thought, I'll give it a try. And what Lumen is... Uh, you have a source, at least one source, that puts out light, and it puts it a light over a gridded board. And mm-hmm. then you have a series of mirrors that could be single-sided mirrors, double-sided mirrors, uh, and tubes. And all these things can be rotated to have any orientation you want. And the goal is, um, obviously, to get the light to go through a series of points. It's what you're trying to do. And uh, there's you the, the illuminate. bonus. Illuminate. No, that's not where it comes from. The oh, okay. guy that created it, his last name's Lumen. Sean Lumen. And, yeah. And <laughs> the uh, and of course, in the same like trying to three star level, there's added points that if you can get the light to pass through, then you can get like like fully completed or whatever. So decided to play it. It took me about uh, 17 hours to to uh, three star all the levels. There's 250 levels, and uh, at first I did not like the game. Uh, it was fine. It's kind of weird because it it has this like 1930s feel to it. Um it the music that's playing is like this old like big band sounding music and it's uh um classic video games from the 1930s. Yeah, classic yeah. if you're familiar with those great <laughs> hits. <The> stick. Yeah. <laughs> it 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 has this this like feel to it and they they put this whole story about uh, around it where you're playing as as this girl, this uh, inventor, who's Olivia McLuman, and she's going Cute. through, like, this box that you're interacting with, this grid is actually the thing that holds all of her inventions, and as you solve things, you get new inventions, and, like, she talks to you at points, and it felt so overdone. I didn't really care for it. The game was fine. By the time that I got, like, 150 or 160 levels in... I I was so hooked on it. I don't know how to explain it. I enjoyed it. I wanted to see what the next slide was. I wanted to hear the next part of the story. I would only play it with the music on because I enjoyed hearing the music. I found the whole experience to be very relaxing. Like it by, by itself as a puzzle game, it's fine. But the relaxation component of all the elements put together I really enjoyed, and I'm sad that I've now finished it. So uh, again, this is Lumen. It came out in February of this year. It's available on Apple Arcade. Uh, outside of that, there's just not much on the arcade that's drawn me to it right now. Like, yeah, I, I'm a bit disappointed by the offerings that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm still trying to give it a go. Uh, if 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 nothing changes or I don't find something that hooks me, I'm just gonna cancel my subscription for the second time. But that's what I've been up to, Lauren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, you went to the beach already
2: yeah i did <laughs> you're freshly back yeah i would like you to know your, s- <laughs> nope, your skin looks exactly the same that's what i was gonna <laughs> let you know it's on my shoulders actually uh but i had a really nice time uh i recommend if you live in houston and you're gonna go to the beach especially on fourth of july go to surfside and not galveston uh it's usually like a lot quieter and it's right next door so uh we had a nice time swimming in the Gulf of Mexico while it was on fire <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> have you seen that Andrew it was very no. warm <laughs> no. Andrew
1: this is like day after tomorrow like uh I eco- have Sauron
2: like entrance to hell in the middle of the ocean it's very insane yeah. yeah
1: if you think about like Geostorm these like eco blockbuster films it's that level of visual there's a giant um. Uh. It looks like a swirling pool of fire yeah. in the Gulf yeah. of Mexico right now. From
0: what? It's is one it of just the just craziest like
1: things. Oil a, a pipeline spill?
2: burst and it's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. An,
1: an underwater pipeline burst. Exactly. Ca- and so. Oh, I'm gonna find. Lord, you keep talking. I'm gonna find some uh, pictures of it. It's crazy. Yeah, that is
2: one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It's like, you know, like an end of a superhero movie. This would be like what the bad guy was going after all along. Like it's pretty unreal. Um, so yeah, we did have fun at the beach anyway, though. <laughs> Hopefully we're not like radiated or something. Um, there you go. Um, but if you Google like Gulf of Mexico fire, you will see this, um, if you're curious. Um, but yeah, 4th of July is here having some barbecue, some hot dogs, little fireworks, nothing crazy. Uh, I like 4th of July, but I like any excuse to like have a party and get together with your friends. So that's pretty much like I'm not overthinking it.
1: <laughs> you, you would say that you like that the ocean is on fire in celebration of Fourth of July.
2: Well, you know it's really great that they decided to participate I, with their own special fireworks from the un, from like underwater from the <laughs> un, from underworld the, from the underworld.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I'm looking at this photo. I find it it's
2: like where come from. Like <laughs> I find it
0: hilariously ironic that they're spraying water <laughs> into the ocean. Yeah uh maybe just i I see what you're saying (laughs) i don't know man this seems counterintuitive but all right We've yeah i mean i I don't really know how it's even
2: possible but it looks insane have they tried throwing a blanket over it (laughs) a big giant one yeah Uh perfect uh but yeah so other than that uh i'm starting to get ready for conventions big time because the first one that i'll be in this year is coming up in just about two weeks uh you guys are coming right so it's comic palooza which is here in Houston. Um, I'm very excited to do this, especially because it's at home, makes everything easier. Uh, We have a big display planned uh, for our booth, so I've been working on all that stuff, costumes, the works, you know. (laughs) So I'm very, very excited for that. While I've been getting ready, um, I decided to bite the bullet and got Paramount Plus, and I was pretty pissed that I had to do this, but as someone who has watched, like, all Thirty seasons of Drag Race. I was not going to skip All Star Six because it's on Paramount Plus. Like I don't know if I'll get to watch it otherwise. And like I've watched this show for years and years now. So like you're going to do an All Star season. It's a cast I was really excited about too. So here I am watching Paramount Plus now. Uh, That's literally the, how they get you. That's literally. I know. How they get you. I, know. They the I was same pretty thing pissed. All
1: Star Challenge. You could only yeah. watch the latest All Stars if you had Paramount Plus.
2: Yeah, it really pisses me off, like, extremely that I had to do this. But one of the benefits of it is that uh, all of the seasons that have uh, been prior to this of Drag Race are actually in one place for the first time ever. So I have been taking full advantage of that as, like, my background TV this week. Uh, I have not seen season eight or nine since they aired, and they are two of my favorite seasons, so it's, like, just been fun to, like, watch them again Um Oh, it's just kind of nice. Like, <laughs> I am excited to dive into some of the like Star Trek shows. Uh, my boyfriend is a huge, huge Star Trek fan. I really want to watch Picard. Uh, I've heard mixed things about it, but I'm excited about some things about it now that I have it. So if anyone has Paramount Plus recommendations, send them to me because uh, I've really just watched Drag Race. Oh, and Battlestar Galactica is on it, so that's awesome. <laughs> I have one for you. Okay, the hit me. The Spon-
0: SpongeBob Camp uh, Crustacean. Camp Crustacean? Okay. I think is what it's called. Uh it's a three D, like a like you know, a, a CG uh SpongeBob series. It's only six episodes long so far, I think. Oh cute. but it takes place it, at like this summer camp um under the under the water where everyone is younger, like everyone
2: is a kid version oh. of themselves or like it's kind uh, of like Muppet Babies for Spongebob. <laughs>
0: yeah, kind of. And can't and yeah. like the camp counselor, like Squidward is the camp counselor and like the the camp <laughs> um the 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 guy in charge of the camp is, is, uh, what's his name? Mr. Crabby, Cra- uh, what's his Mr. name? Mr. Krabs? Mr. Krabs, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really funny, like really well okay. done. The animation is really, really good. Uh, it's only on Paramount Plus, so uh, I would, I
2: would check it out if I were you. Okay, cool. I'll, pu- I just wrote that down, so I'll check it out later. Um, and then one more thing that is back. Um, I, kind of forgot this was coming back, but Lego master skipped a week, maybe because of this show Um, making it is back, which is a show I've talked about before. It is a um, crafting competition show. So it's like super up my alley and it is hosted by two of my favorite people in the whole world, Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler, which they're great together again. Um, This is the third season. I do feel like the um, skill level and maybe expertise has like seriously leveled up this season. Like things don't look, as homemade to me, like they look way more professional, which like they, you, you're watching them make them like I understand how this works. And like, you know, I, I like to make crafts like this as well. So, like, I get it. But like it, it is obvious when you hear like their resumes that they have people this season that are like, I would say, maybe a level up than the prior season. Like um, one of the contestants used to work for Martha Stewart magazine. Obviously, they know a lot about crafting. And uh, my favorite contestant that I'm totally rooting for is this girl who works for the Smithsonian and does taxidermy and, like, recreates animals that they, like, can't ship somewhere else. Or, like, they're so rare that they would have to, like, make another one to have it in another museum. I think this is the coolest job ever. Like, amazing. And I would like to be her best friend or steal her job. (laughs) Okay. It's just very cool. (laughs) I either want to be your best friend
0: or your worst enemy.
2: Yeah. (laughs) There's no in between. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's pretty much been my week, uh, working a lot, getting ready for this stuff and enjoying some competition shows. Okay. Uh, Patrick, you've been told me that you've been watching more Below Deck, though. I've
1: watched <laughs> a ton of it. We're on, uh, this, well, whenever I watch a show like this, because I don't want to start from the beginning and just have to like go through all of it. Yeah, this is what I was most seasons, curious about,
2: how you are watching this.
1: The same way I approach Survivor, The Challenge, anything else, I find a top list. I cross-reference it, cross <laughs> it with some other top lists uh, and uh, and then find out what the best seasons are. And then I watch those. So we started with the latest season first. That got us hooked. And then we found out season three of the primary show is supposed to be really good. We jumped back and watched that. And then we heard season five of Mediterranean is supposed to be amazing. So now we're yeah. watching that. And we've heard sailing yacht is a complete waste of time. So that's, The latest that's season of Sailing talking.
2: Yacht was really fun. It was then, really, really
1: fun. So maybe that's where we go next. But yeah, exactly.
2: I would say you can definitely skip the first two seasons of Sailing Yacht, but the last one was really good.
1: Great. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's actually been a really fun show. And uh, we talked about it a little bit, um, but I don't remember anything you told me. So now that... Like, I don't remember who you liked or didn't like or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. next time I see you, we'll have a big conversation about it. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to save it. our listeners from having to... Listen to me talk about it right I now. I hope hey, you're I'm talking sure about, about there me. As are three
2: people out there who enjoy below deck talk.
1: <laughs> yes, and they're all in the hashtag uh, or the reality yeah. TV channel inside Slack. So if you don't know <laughs> yep. that that's there and you care about this reality TV inside the M of one
2: Slack, <laughs> it's a good
0: time. I promise. It's the thing that keeps Lauren going. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes. <laughs> it does like indulge
0: me so much. I love it,
2: um, but that's about it for me. Andrew, your yeah. turn.
0: So I've been battling uh, this week on a couple of levels. One, battling a, a tre- like tremendously bad headache for several days, which has just been debilitating and frustrating. Um, and so, still trying to come out on the backside of that. I'm still medicating as often as I am, uh, as as often as the health board would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> um medicating. Um but besides that I've also been battling Pokemon. Uh been doing like Ooh. I said last week got back into Pokemon Go with Cooper. Uh this week we had community day. And so community day is this uh day where they do all these they kind of ramp up some events and do some special like research things that you can do and they release special legendary Pokemon in the raids and do all these different things and so Cooper and I it was 99 cents to buy a ticket to this specific, like the the event happened whether you were, whether you paid for a ticket or not, right? Um, Yeah. uh, But you could get for 99 cents, you could get this special, um, this special like challenge thing where you have to go through and get different challenges and you get different rewards. And at the end of that, uh, like it was, it was special to the day. And at the end of that, we got this really, really rad Pokemon um, that you were able to catch Um, and it it was really sweet, really powerful. Um, but Cooper and I did that. We went down to the Pearl and, uh, spent hours walking around. It was, it was awesome. Just, there were so many people there, so much stuff. I mean, it was hot and we sweat through our clothes, but it was super fun. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, uh, yeah, if you are into Pokemon or you want to be into Pokemon, that Pokemon go fest 2021 is coming up in a couple weeks uh you wanna jump in on that. That one you do have to pay for. It's like I think last week I said it's five dollars. It's like four ninety nine um to get a ticket to it. But it's a two day event and the like the Pokemon that are supposed to happen there, there's exclusive Pokemon that are only ex- gonna happen during that event. Pokemon wearing mm-hmm. different outfits and different shiny oh, and Pokemon stuff. So um if you want to do that, you can do it anywhere in the world. It's it's fine. They do however have a handful of events around the world that are live events that you can go to that are ticketed. The tickets are free as long as you go, as long as you have like your $5 pass They're not, it's not an additional cost. And one of the places that they're doing that is Austin, Texas. So, um, I got Cooper and I, uh, tickets to that because we already have tickets to, to, uh, the go fest. um, and so I don't know what it's going to be like, but it's a ticketed event where there's going to be a lot of people. Pa- uh, Cooper said that sometimes when they do these around the world, um, they'll do like m- like mega charged raids that they'll allow mm-hmm. it, people to kind of all come together and do together. And so we'll see what happens. Nice. Hopefully we'll come out do of that think- with some rad Pokemon.
1: Do you think any Pokemon will be there?
0: <sighs> Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Cosplay for sure. I'm
0: hoping to get a Pikachu. Hey-o. Hey, <laughs> uh, <on top> list. <laughs> of your top list. Uh, and then uh, the only other thing that I've been doing this week as I've been kind of laid up on the couch for uh, a little bit with a headache is watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Hey, I am I've been al- watching that
2: yesterday too. I am almost
0: <laughs> done with season 10. I started the show three, four weeks ago, maybe four. Um, so I am, I am
2: blazing, blazing through, through that yeah.
0: show. Uh, it is hilariously terrible it is uh the most you can't recommend this show to anyone but then you also can't recommend <laughs> it enough like it's yeah. simultaneously genius and just horrible like you can't like is there's nothing wholesome about the show yeah. whatsoever nothing wholesome no um the writing is spectacular the 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 uh the character development is unnerving at times. Um, yeah. but, uh, it's, it's addicting for sure.
2: Um, yeah. yeah. I always say like, you have to remember that like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was nearly called just assholes. And that's what yeah. all of them are. Like they never pretend to be good people.
0: Like- <laughs> no. And I think that's how they get away with saying the things that they say and doing the things yes, they do because yes. they don't promote that. This is a good way of life. Like no, yeah. At no point do they say this is a, re- like a, a redeemable thing or something mm-hmm. to be glorified that's just these are terrible people who are being terrible people and you see the terrible things that happen to them as a result of their terribleness. Yeah, um, exactly. So, anyway, uh, it's always sunny. I've been watching that. All right, um I think that's going to be it. And Patrick, I'm looking forward to um your category this week because I am going to be working remotely for a few days and uh I need some tips on how to do that better. Great. So, on that note, let's head to the categories. The Master Categories is the time each week when we talk about the dice we rolled the week before, which give us our categories. We pick our topics based on those
1: categories. Patrick, keep it rolling. Yeah, so basically I did not get this category, but I traded with Lauren, and so I'm going to talk about the business. Well, hang on. Um, Lauren
0: Lauren rolled both of them, so I think it's fair to
1: say that this may as well have been yours. Yeah, she just- We chose wisely. Yeah. She she picked to give me this one. Uh, I'm going to be honest. uh, I think I was supposed to get present- uh, I didn't actually take that into consideration when I decided on this category, and this category switched a couple times, but I, I actually want to talk about uh, remote work. Remote work is something that we've all likely been doing for for the better part of the last year, but it's something that's going to be a large part of our uh, lifestyle moving forward. The, the thing is, I uh, have a little bit, maybe more experience with remote work because I started before the pandemic, I actually started working remotely a couple years before the pandemic, And, uh, so from, uh, I say a couple years, probably about a year and a half before the pandemic started. And so from that standpoint, I maybe have a little bit more time on the average person. Certainly there's people that have done a lot more than me, but I do have, uh, my feelings have changed. I know year one was, uh, I felt one way year two was different year three things continue to evolve. So I want to give some, uh, tips and some insights that you maybe have not considered about continuing on this path, especially as you as you are given the opportunity to either do a hybrid scenario or stay fully remote. Uh, and along those lines, Andrew, you haven't. Uh, I mean, Lauren, you're freelance. You work from your home, so mm-hmm. I guess it's technically remote work. Although that is where you work, so I guess you do go to the office. It's a bit confusing.
2: Uh, Andrew, I only go to the were... office occasionally when clients like ask me to, though. Sure, so and I, then I'm Andrew, pretty much remote. You,
1: you, uh, you were only remote for how long? About six months. Uh, yeah, completely remote for about six months. Then,
0: I, I technically still am hybrid because I can now working remotely is is much more of an option. Like this week, I'm just working remotely, um, and so yeah, like I think. Um, I think I'm still hybrid, but I was I was primarily
1: remote for about six to eight months, and then kind of shifted back. So what's been very cool coming out of the pandemic, uh, other than I mean, it. I always feel like I have to put this disclaimer that like, hundreds of thousands of people died, and that's horrible. But I guess I don't really need to keep putting that on there. We all know that that happened. So, um, so otherwise, what's cool about this uh, pandemic is that it's forced a lot of employers. Uh, well. I, it's forced them to see that things can function in a remote setting. And there are a lot of employers that are allowing that to continue moving forward. And so even very large companies, um, my understanding is like a company like Shopify, they're now allowing remote where before they wanted you to be in in one of their offices. So that's Mm -hmm. great for workers. And of course, if you're a worker, uh, it feels nice to have the freedom to do that. But there are some hidden downsides that I think you should consider. So uh, let's just real quick talk about how you can work remote uh, well, and then we'll talk about some of those hidden downsides. First, uh, set an alarm. I think it's very important that you actually get up at a specific time and do not bleed those lines between... Uh, I, I'm going to say life and work, and that's not how I mean it yet, and we can clarify later, but uh, try not to bleed those uh those hours. I think you need to set the hours you're going to work and protect that.
2: I also think it's like just very important when you work remotely to like not get like way off of a normal work schedule because you are not going to be able to call anybody at midnight, you know, like unless they live in England. So having like a normal work schedule that is more or less in line with like especially your company, if that's the case, like when you're working remotely or like freelance, like if you have really weird hours, it's not going to be a good thing for you.
1: And if you call someone at England when it's midnight, that's only like 5 or 6 in the morning for them. So that's uh, still yeah, not sorry. great. Okay, um, sorry.
2: You have to be in like Singapore for this to
1: work <laughs> out. <laughs> okay, so I would say still set an alarm clock, get up at normal time. Second thing I would yeah. say is actually get ready for work. Get dressed. Take a shower. Brush your teeth. Do all those things to put yourself in that mode. Part of that is because it, again, helps you have that, uh hard delineation between i'm with my family versus i'm with my coworkers. it helps you flip that mental switch that we all need to flip in order to go into work mode we don't want to take home but another part is that that helps you um uh get into the right mode and mindset used to we would do this on our commute that's when we would really be getting into our work mode for the day and because we don't have that commute again it's it's more difficult to flip that switch on and off. And so by mm. having a routine you go through at a set time, it helps flip that switch for you. Once you start working, you are at work. So don't pause to go switch laundry. Don't pause to go do anything else. I mean, realistically, you can. But if you're new to remote work and you try to get used to it, what I would encourage is that when you're at work, you're at work. Those things do not exist and they're not available to you. Again, we we are trying to create that delineation Keep that switch flipped. One thing that, depending on your personality, that can actually be very damaging to your home life is if you take your work mindset and you start putting that, like being in that mindset when interacting with your spouse or interacting with your children or interacting with family, that can actually be very, very damaging. Because again, when we go into that work mindset, some of us get more severe. We get uh, more direct. We get more. Uh, we lose a bit of empathy. That's a whole nother discussion, but if you're one of those people that it happens to, don't subject the people that are important to you to that mode of you. Keep it at work. Keep the door shut. Stay locked in. Okay, the next thing is put breaks on a calendar and stick to them, okay? A benefit of working from home, uh, I can go outside and go take a walk for 30 minutes if I want to, and that's something that I should take advantage of. And from that standpoint, it's easy to tell myself I'm going to do that, but I won't actually do it if it's not on my calendar. And my other coworkers can't see it, and those type of things. So, what I would encourage is those those benefits, those things you want to take advantage of because you have that freedom, actually put them on your calendar. Now, if you need to lie and you need to like give it some fake meeting names so that way when people see it, they don't like uh, you're afraid they're going to judge you or something. That's fine. Uh, but I actually think it's very important to just put protect-
0: on the call with corporate.
1: Yes, put on the call <laughs> corporate 45 minutes and you can just sit on a toilet that whole time and look at your phone if you want to. But the point is protect that time and actually do it. Okay. Um the the other thing that I would say is that uh and this is this is very interesting when you're in a remote setting and it's not just the remote setting. We're getting a lot more of like take vacation whenever you want, take the number of days you want. We're removing those limits whatever. Uh, one of those reasons that companies are are so willing to do that is because people actually work more when you remove those limits. People tend to take less vacation days when you tell them they have unlimited vacation days. Um, and I can't tell you why that's true, but it is true. And there's plenty of articles that you can reference that, that go into it. Uh, so don't feel guilty for taking time. That's the other piece of that. Put time on the calendar. Uh, take it when it comes up. I, I know that there's a piece of you that feels like, oh, I'm out of sight, and I don't want someone to think I'm just laying on my couch doing nothing, and so I've got to really step it up and and make sure I'm present and make sure I'm always online and I'm always this and I'm always that. But you're just hurting yourself, and you're actually working far more than you would work if you would go to an office. So I would say mm-hmm. by going remote, you don't need to suddenly double the hours you're putting in, and what's amazing, the research shows that our propensity – is to actually work more, and it's probably to, to prove that. So allow that to slide. Allow yourself to take breaks. Allow yourself to take vacations. Allow, allow yourself to not be immediately responsive. There are some companies that have now made it where they won't deliver mail to internal email addresses unless it's during work hours. So that prevents you from even oh. getting an email after 5 o'clock. Like they're not going to come in until well, 8 o'clock the next wow. morning. Um, in fact, Volkswagen, that. who our patrons know I talked about Volkswagen earlier, they're one of those companies that I believe their corporate won't deliver any emails unless it's between work hours. So you can. That's pretty awesome. So just keep that in mind. Set, uh, um, Go into Google right now into your Gmail or into your, um, I'm sorry, into your calendar and make it where nobody can schedule a meeting with you unless it's during work hours. You can go make sure your Slack has notifications turned off and don't check it. All right. Put those boundaries in place and and protect those boundaries. Keep those boundaries. Again, because otherwise it's going to be 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night. You're going to get something from work. You're going to read it. Your brain is going to flip into this other mode. You're going to start getting aggressive with family members. You're, you're not going to sleep well. It's going to be a disaster. So put those boundaries. Keep those boundaries. And when your workday is over, leave. Get up, walk away. Uh, Any tools you don't need, if you don't need your computer at night, don't bring your computer out of your office. Uh, Leave it behind. So, have a set place in your house where work takes place. And leave that place behind when work is over for the day. All right. Set fire to it if you need to. Yes. So, a couple things to keep in mind. And this is from, uh, uh, yeah, my time remote. If you have the opportunity to work in a hybrid situation, I recommend you do. Uh, if you have the opportunity to go in the office at least one day a week, you should. Uh, here's why. When you work remote, so I've worked for companies that are not only remote. I've done interviews. Uh, when I worked at Sketch, the entire interview for Sketch was over Slack. There was no video. There was no voice. It was typed over Slack. I'm trying to
2: give Whoa. you an idea
1: of, of how remote first this culture was. Um, That's, yeah. an extreme. To, That's an extreme. It is an extreme.
2: Yeah, that really is. But Especially to, po- like, no video. Mm-hmm.
1: But the point I, I'm making, like, people got hired during the pandemic who didn't have the opportunity to meet their teams. And they're still working remote now and have never met their teams because they yeah. couldn't go to the office. So what that does is you have very little visibility. So the only trust that's held by anybody in the organization is between you and your whoever you report to directly. And an issue of that could be that you don't really get to know very many people. Not very many people know what you're capable of, and so if that relationship goes sour, wh- wh- what other proof or who well, you know, else do you fall back on to say no what I'm saying is true? Um you you also by not having the visibility, it's more difficult to get promoted and to work your way up because mm-hmm. you don't you don't get the benefit of of someone just noticing you and seeing what you're doing and then wanting to recommend you or talk about you or whatever, all these things can work against you in advancing yeah. an environment or even in keeping your job.
2: I definitely want to say something about this. Cause like I have one client where like pre pandemic, we would go in once a week to the office, but it makes a huge difference because then people, a like know who you are, like they can recognize you so that if they do want to recommend you. They know you much better than like if they've only ever met you online Plus, like they will just think of you more, like especially as somebody who's like a like freelance worker, like they have a pool of freelancers. But because I like hang out with them once a week, I'm usually at the top of their mind.
1: Absolutely. So if you have the chance to be hybrid, be hybrid. And it feels like a little break. That's the thing, too. It might not seem like it, even if you're working five days a week or hopefully in the near future, I'll be working four days a week. Um, But even if you're working five days a week, having one day where you leave your house uh, can make it feel almost like you have a longer weekend or a shorter work week just by having that break in scenery. It also lets you get back to some of those uh, water cooler conversations you miss out on. And I know it's very easy to think that those are time wasters, but there's a lot of opportunity that can come out of those tiny collaborative moments that, Mm -hmm. again, we start losing Because we've now limited the amount of ideas that are influencing us. We've limited the amount that we're stretching our brain in conversations. We've limited our our social horizons. And we want to try to reclaim those. So if you have an opportunity to go to an office, go to an office. I'm not telling you you need to do it five days a week. You need to do it some consistent amount of time. Uh, On that note, I also think a commute is very uh, healthy as well. That's one of the most difficult things uh, for me has been giving up a commute. Because, again, that's the moment where you get to set your brain. You like driving. It's the moment where you well, yeah, when I get my new car, I'm gonna love it. It's the moment where you get to uh to really flip that switch on and off, decompress, or I guess the opposite of decompressing would be compressing in the morning. Is that what you do when you go to work? You compress. Pro compress. Anyway, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And my last tip for uh remote work, uh you have to change your communication. Remember, people can't see your body language. They can't uh hear your voice necessarily unless you're doing a lot of video calls. And as we deal with more um not just remote, but also like a multicultural, uh, uh, distributed teams, and and uh, with people from different backgrounds. You have to understand that sarcasm does not work, jokes do not work, Especially colloquialisms do not work.
2: Yeah. Sarcasm is a bad choice.
1: <laughs> well, in an email, I'd hope everybody would be fairly professional, but just yeah. keep in mind you're you're talking to people that are losing a lot of information in the same way you're losing a lot of information. It's very easy to assume things are negative. It's very easy to read things in the wrong tone. It's very easy to to just communicate poorly. And so make sure you're communicating often, you're communicating well, you're leaving a trail, you're assuming the best. And make sure you're stripping out all these other things that can be confusing or can be read the wrong way or can be misconstrued. So if you're a sarcastic person, cut it out. It's going to hurt you for sure.
2: Yeah. I would say the one exception is if like you're emailing somebody who knows you well enough to know that you're being sarcastic, you might be okay, but like it's it's usually not a great idea cuz people can't tell your tone of voice. <laughs> yeah. Again, if
1: you're getting hired
2: for a job and you're going remote for the first time, take it easy. Let's
1: avoid these mistakes. Easy. Yeah, enough. absolutely. So, um all right, so that that's that's my uh big kind of tips that I would give to anybody that's moving remote. Is there anything else that either of you want to add or any feedback for that?
2: I would say something that definitely really helps me like stay on track every day, especially because like, um, especially when you're starting out, it's very easy to get distracted by things at your house, like you want to do laundry or something. And so you hear the thing go off and you go get it, whatever. It doesn't take that long, really, but it can be distracting. Having a list of like what you're going to do all day really, really helps so that like if you go switch the laundry, when you come back, you can look and be like back on it. Like, you know exactly what to focus on. And it helps like prioritize stuff, I feel like, as well. So I'm a big list person. It really helps.
1: All right, Andrew.
0: (sighs) I got uh, film anytime. And I'm going to talk about a brand new film that just came out last week called The Tomorrow War. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Tomorrow War is the new Amazon Prime or Amazon Studios um, film. Uh, It's their original film featuring or starring Chris Pratt, uh, Yvonne Strahovski. Strahovski, she you will know her as yeah. uh, Chuck's opposite in the hit NBC show Chuck. Um, but she's <laughs> uh, What? Why is it? That looks that's, like Strahovski. I just Strahovski. I like that. I like that. It was good. Okay, good. Ivan Strahovski. It was yeah, Strahovski. She. Uh, so she. Uh, Chris Pratt plays. Uh, oh, and uh, among other people, including Sam Richardson, who you know from several things recently, but uh, maybe primarily. Um, uh Veep. Veep. Um he's fantastic in Veep And and then JK Simmons who brings Ooh. the thunder in this movie. Uh so I if was you gonna d- say,
2: like, but we only really care about Chris Pratt, right? That he said JK Simmons. No, no, <laughs> the the cast is actually
0: really good. So this movie, I don't know if you guys know anything about it, but I'm gonna give you a quick synopsis. I just
2: saw a commercial for like the first time yesterday. No I'm, kidding.
0: I'm going to read their I'm going to read their synopsis of it and then tell you about it. In the Tomorrow War, the world is stunned when a group of time travelers arrive from the year 2051 to deliver an urgent message. 30 years in the future, mankind is losing a global war against a deadly alien species. The only hope for survival is for soldiers and civilians from the present to be transported to the future to join the fight. Among these okay. recruited in high sc- uh, among these recruited is high school teacher and family man Dan Forrester, played by Chris Pratt. Uh, determined to save the world for his young daughter, Dan teams up with a brilliant scientist, Yvonne Stravaz and his estranged father, JK Simmons, in a desperate quest to rewrite the fate of humankind. So, it sounds it sounds terrible <laughs> to me. <laughs> like the premise of this movie sounded terrible, but I love Chris Pratt so I gave this movie a shot <clears throat> because I love Chris Pratt. The fact that it was an Amazon Studio movie, the fact that it sounded absolutely absurd, the fact that it dealt with time travel, like more time travel movies, like I was kind of over all of that but decided time to give it Time travel seems to
2: be the new zombie movie all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I will
0: say, however, this movie was absolutely fantastic. Had me oh, like what a twist. on I'm not kidding Patrick, this movie had me on the edge of my seat. Uh, it is predictable in like the general tropian style predictability, but what happens in the movie really brings a sense of, of anxiety and a, like a sense of you, you don't know who's going to be okay and who's not. Um, it's quite brutal, like a lot more brutal than I was anticipating. Um, and uh, it, it, it's a, Got a bit of a, a twist and a bit of a spin on things, the way that they approach things. I won't say uh, anything about what like some of the the twisty things are in it because um, I think it's worth a watch. Uh, but for an action movie, very very well done action movie. For a sci fi movie, very well done sci fi movie. Even for a time travel movie, very well done for a time travel movie. Like it, it's different enough in all of those in all of those genres that it's it's a refreshing take on on all of those genres. It's it's just different enough. Um Chris Pratt was obviously fantastic. JK Simmons got like I think the J in JK stands for jacked because it looks like he's got <laughs> it looks like he's got two cantaloupes uh as shoulder blades. They're just round oh like sh- like he's He's Is ripped. he getting
2: buff for Marvel movies too? Maybe <laughs> he's
0: ripped and he's got this this beard that won't quit. Um, if you thought he was in shape for Whiplash, amp that up like I don't know, thirty five pounds of muscle. Like he's it's crazy. Um, it's it's entertaining. There's there's a lot that 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 goes on. I 100 recommend it to to people. It's not a family movie. Obviously, it's it's quite gruesome in some areas and there's language. It's PG 13 um but it is it is pretty intense it was intense for me as a as a 36 year old um who also suffers from some anxiety so maybe that's maybe that's why but it it was a little (laughs) intense it uh but it was very 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 well done uh rotten tomatoes isn't the critics uh the critics are saying it's 52 percent but the audience score gives it an 81 percent um and so i i'm definitely favoring with the audience this one i was going to say i'd probably give it about an eight so that's Right on par with what generally the audience is saying about it, um, the fact that you can watch it on your TV um, right now and not have to go anywhere to watch it is is nice. Uh, it's a it's like a two and a half hour runtime, I think. So it's it's a substantial movie. It's it's not the the effects are really good too. Like the aliens, mm-hmm. the aliens are a fresh take too. They almost feel like monsters. Um, it's kind Ooh. of a yeah. It's it's kind of like you remember how you. Do you remember the first feelings you got the first time you watched Independence Day? There's a nice throwback to the earlier conversation. Remember you know that? What's
2: really funny is I've never seen Independence Day. <laughs> Are you kidding
0: me? That blows my mind. If Patrick had said that, I wouldn't have batted an eyelash. The fact that you said that is crazy to me. Patrick, I have a weird phobia
2: of aliens. So certain movies I know will really, really, really scare me. And I, I think this is maybe not as scary as I think it is in my head now that I've like know more about it. But that's why I avoided it initially. Oh.
0: (laughs) No, this is terrifying. <laughs> like if you're afraid of aliens, yeah. this is
2: this is a terrifying. It's, it's specifically like the like gray type aliens. They really freak me out. I can't explain why. So
0: these definitely feel a lot more like Starship Troopers, but like a
2: more serious yeah. tone of Starship. When troopers, they're more breeds. like monstery, I find it easier to swallow. These like, are for district- sure more monstery. Yeah. These yeah, like,
0: that to me is better. Yeah, these are not big bug eye X Files style. Yeah, the aliens. like Close
2: Encounters of the Third Kind is like an absolute nightmare for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Um. But Patrick, you've seen Independence Day, right? You remember how like the feelings with that 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 brought up when you first watched it? it it's very much like that arousal. Um, yes, just aroused <laughs> the whole time. Um. And so anyway, uh, if you want to see Chris Pratt without a shirt on, that happens. Uh, within the first half hour of the movie so strong uh, selling point <laughs> it is it's, it's not a deterrent i'll say that uh and you you're talking about a fire in the ocean there is a large fire in the ocean in this movie as well
2: so that's what I'm i interested. said it looks like something from like a big action movie it, like at the end this would that thing would come out of the ocean
0: so if you're into what's happening in the gulf of mexico right now go watch the tomorrow war
2: that's my pitch lauren take us home Okay, um I got art or traded with Patrick for art, however, you want to look at that. Uh, and I got four so anything I want. And I'm going to talk about an artist that I think is really really fun named Dan Hip. Um I know that Andrew is also a big fan of his and I think a lot of people who listen to the show will probably really like his work if you have not already seen it. Um so I've followed Dan for a really long time like since Tumblr was still like very popular. So it's been very fun like over the years to like see his art style like grow and change but like the number one thing that i think you can say about dan hip is that he freaking loves pop culture like he well he is just a genius with like he has so many references in his head and he loves to. he clearly loves all this stuff that we love like lord of the rings star wars comic books video games like he loves all this stuff and so he combines it all in his own very special way um so his art style is very distinct. I'm going to do my best to describe it. Um, so it's very, like, cute and cartoony, but um, he uses a coloring style that I think is, like, more advanced and really, like, adds something to it. Oh, yeah. He used to do a ton of work with, like, colored pencils, and, like, um, it's, like, kind of crosshatchy, sketchy, really cool to look at. I, if you're not driving or anything, I definitely recommend looking at this while I'm talking about it because, like, I just... His artwork is really fun to look at. Um, it's super colorful and bright, and... Um, for a very long time, he was the lead art director on Teen Titans Go. So if you kind of picture Teen Titans, but like meets like Brian Leo Malley's work who does Scott Pilgrim, I think that's kind of like a good reference of like where it lives in the middle of like those two things. Because his artwork looks very handmade and like feels that way. Even when he does like um, do a more like digital graphic style, it still kind of has this like hand drawn really – um zippiness to it like it's it's yeah. very cool like he has great energy it has a sense of sensi- it has a sensibility when you see dan hip's
0: work you know it's dan
2: yeah yeah even though he is like almost never drawing the same thing twice like he right. always comes up with like he he's always like got like watching whatever's new and enjoying that same kind of things that we do um like lately he's been doing these um this series with all the like superheroes in these cool like hipstery sweaters and I'll i'll get into this in a second but like what I, I really, really love about his stuff is, like, his attention to detail and the, like, way he incorporates all these, like, Easter eggs and, like, pop culture references and jokes into the piece itself. This is something that, like, I try to do all the time in, like, my own artwork, and I think that he is, like, a master of this. Like, the way that he uses type in the background always, like, adds so much to the pieces and... Like, he does these cool things, like I was saying, with the sweater thing. They will all be wearing, like, buttons and patches and things that are, like, part of their character. Or, like, if they're reading a book, the book would be only something that that character would read. Or it would be really funny for that character to read. Um, Like, I love how clever he is with, like, the way he ties those things together. Like, I remember he did, like, Mr. Freeze. And so he has, like, all of the, um, like, cold guys on his, like, little head buttons of heads of different, like, famous Right. other like ice bad guys and stuff and it's like very clever i love this stuff and like i one of fa- my other like favorite
0: father's day piece where he has like yeah all the like like darth vader talking to like luke who's talking to like mufasa like that kind of not necessarily mufasa but like like pop culture dads like all together yeah,
2: yeah. i love his like when he kind of mixes and like mashes up different things like um i was flipping through his instagram and like a very simple but like weird and perfect example i think of like what how he thinks of like pop culture in these mashups is there's one where it's like 2 Face flipping a coin to the witcher where it's like both of them are very associated with a coin but in completely different yes. context and so like i love right. that he would take those just the coin thing and put them together like it's really i love how like you can just see like the library in his head kind of working it's like When like I feel like when I watch a movie, I'm like sometimes I'm like oh this reminds me of this and this and this and he somehow puts that into like a visual reference and it's really cool to like kind of see that like process like just in one little illustration like I really love how much he can get in one drawing like (laughs) I think I I like try to do some of this like a lot when I'm drawing because I absolutely love tons of detail and Easter eggs and trying to make jokes like this but I think Dan Hip is like the the absolute master of this, like absolutely, I, especially yeah. in terms
0: of pop culture references.
2: Yeah, 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 down. absolutely. And and the way he just mixes the references really is just like so delightful. Like another one that was really cool is like it's that fight from, um, oh my gosh, Last Jedi. I think where like Ray and Kylo Ren are fighting on the Star Destroyer with oh the, um, yes, 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 with the with where like the ocean is crashing behind mm-hmm. them. But then he put the ocean as like the waves that like Ponyo is running on in that movie. And it is very subtle, actually. It almost just looks like that fight until you look close you're like, oh, it's that little orange thing in the corner and you see that it's her running on the waves. But and I, I just love this stuff. I, I guess I'm a
1: little less in love because it's not really... Like, I understand the toss a coin to your witcher. I get that. And I understand uh, flipping a flipping a coin. Um, we, we could have done No Country for Old Men as well and had him call mm-hmm. it, okay, But it's not it's not clever to put them together, is it? Just because two things feature a coin, I I don't like. What's the is there like a greater narrative there? Or if like
2: this is just like what he does. It's like little jokes like this, you know. Like I I find it really clever and funny because like I've never seen those two things put together. And like the the, joke is like it's just that visual joke of like what like these two dudes hanging out because like they have nothing in common really. I don't know. I find it very entertaining as like a pop culture junkie
1: yeah to me it's not a joke and to me it's like okay, we can just shove two pop culture references together sure and that's double the that's that's double the pop culture so I'm sure more people will like it but it like to me it's not witty it's just okay, so hang on it's like let, vaguely connected
0: let me let me explain what the what the transfer is because I, I can actually understand what you're saying, Patrick I disagree with you but I, I understand what yeah, you're like saying. I disagree completely I, I, under, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. A lot of the cleverness comes from his titling of the pieces. A lot, if you look at how he titles his pieces, like they, there's a lot that that ties that together, and it does take the so the mashup the the int- the interesting part of it is mashing up two unconnected things with a small detail, right? Like a small detail, like a coin or whatever, and then how pairing those two properties together that never go together and then it's usually some sort of clever one-liner that titles the piece that brings the thing together and you're like oh that's like if you were to just hear the name you wouldn't be picturing what you're seeing at all but when you read the title and then you're looking at the image and you're like why are these two oh because of the coin okay I see like that's the thing that ties them all together and it's less so about it being like overtly creative, quote-unquote creative, it is uh, It is indicative of how well-versed, like Lauren was saying, how well-versed he is in pop culture in general, not just he's just into comic books or he's only into Marvel or he's a DC guy or he's whatever. He knows pop culture so well that he can pull small details and mash pieces together. I think that's what makes his... And then on top of that, his art style is so fun and so inviting and so colorful and so vibrant and so different. I think all of those things together are what makes him stand out.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting. Like I am looking through his stuff clearly. Um, like at first glance, if you don't look for any details, if like you just,
2: that's what I love. (laughs) So
1: that's well, the thing is that's what I don't like because if I just glaze over it quickly, it looks like I could find four hundred people that do this in like some alley of a convention anywhere
0: that's maybe a bit overselling, but okay. now
1: once I take time to actually look into what he's doing as far as like looking deeper in the pieces, then I realize like uh how clearly experienced he is either with getting the 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 look of someone right or how the, the cutesy expressions or the flow or the energy or like clearly his stuff is really good uh, so there's there's no denying that I think when I first saw it I was a bit like why does he have 133,000 followers when I look more <laughs> deeply okay I get it it's good stuff uh, it, it, I'm a little split on how witty it is I'm gonna have you say
0: that to his face when we have him on the show next week
1: yeah no, I mean, I all that stuff it, it, the thing is i i will because i and not as a, like a as a rude thing it's just like i i find it interesting the people that the things that people gravitate towards and why they do it and i've in it so it's just um it's good for him that he's obviously like resonated with people and that he's clearly doing very well yeah yeah
0: <laughs> uh <laughs> i i uh this I can look at this artwork and immediately know that you wouldn't be drawn to it anyway, Patrick. It's Just, so funny. It's I, not I, it's not your style, like yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Um other than like there are some pieces that he does that would like really pull You probably
2: the- like his like comic book covers and his more like finished like poster pieces. Cause See, he does do a few thinking- of those. But I, I love all of his like I love it all. Like I like I think those things are great, but like I sometimes love his like dumb little sketches that are like he gives away.
0: Like <laughs> but I, but I think Patrick you would like his color palette choices because they're both they're I'll send you a couple specific ones that I'm thinking of that are exactly the vibe when you buy artwork Patrick sometimes you will buy them because of the colors there are some of his work that is 100% that palette and you would be like oh yeah like the the purples and the lavenders and the pinks and the sure. like the mm-hmm. the poppy oranges and burnt oranges like there are some pieces that he does where he really highlights color in a really really uh, smart way. And the texture that he brings in is really great too. I mean, yeah.
1: well, one thing that stands out to me is he actually has uh, I mean, in my opinion, I'm not an artist, an insane amount of variety. Again, it would yes. be very easy to glance at this quickly and feel like it's one thing, but then when you start looking into it, there's wh- whether it's like the weight of the line he's choosing, or uh, the level of either cutesiness or realism or the uh, the um, composition or whatever, there's actually a ton of variety in the let, pieces. Let me does, tell you, okay, right yeah.
0: So th- there's a piece that I was, I was talking about, like his titling of things, right? There's a mm-hmm. title of this piece called The Dirtiest Dozen, all right, and mm-hmm. this piece has Wolverine, Captain America, uh, oh my gosh, what's the, Hellboy, what's the guy um, that has the little dog, the white dog, and he goes on a mysteries? Tintin. Tintin. uh, It's got Wonder Woman, Phantom, the Rocketeer, uh, Indiana Jones, like all of these people and the, the, you would not ever think to put these people together for any specific reason. And then when you start looking at like what he's pairing, he's pairing people with specific things. Like he has this little word bubble coming out and he, he does a lot of things without type. So like mm-hmm. Captain America is saying red skull but it's just got red it's skull coming It's like a picture out. of red skull yeah right. Um and so you start pairing these things together and you realize like oh okay yeah I would never have put this but it's a really really good it's a really really good um uh composition of all these un un uh unsuspecting partners people that all kind of have various things in in common so it's just really it's just really neat like I'm a, obviously a big yeah. fan of him um, but, uh, oh, I mean, uh, yeah. we're going to, we're going to, sure. we're going to convert you, uh, we're going to get you an original Dan hit piece and you're going to, you're <laughs> going to fall in love
2: <laughs> and he does do those, that one up.
0: He does do those, uh, like every couple months he'll do like an art drop where he sells all of his originals. Yeah. He used
2: plate. to do stuff where he would like, um, do art drops and like hide, um, packages for like people to find and stuff like it's very like, uh, giving creator i think it's it's hard to get a hold of his artwork though because he does like a sale on the day and they sell out really quickly and like he does limited quantities, so like once they're gone they're gone and like he makes a lot of his money i think like art directing and doing other things and like he does all the comic book covers for teen titans go and a couple other dc things i know he's done recently because i see it on his instagram but like he's a busy guy and like he seems to always be like putting out new stuff that is really good and really cool like he's already done Three things, three or four things for Loki that are really awesome, and I think are really cool. Yeah, like I love the little one with him driving on the uh ski jet -hmm. ski thing. Mm -hmm.
1: Dan, if you're listening, don't don't hate me. That's just my knee jerk reaction, Mister Hip. Go go look at uh, those (laughs) two things I posted, Patrick. Those are both in
0: your color palette for sure. And the second one that I sent is Kylo Ren with all of the characters from in uh, Inside Out, and just the idea of him dealing with all the emotions. Uh, like, you know, oh, on the cute. emotional roller coaster that, that Kylo Ren goes through. It's, it's actually very, very clever. So, yeah. um, cool. Yeah. We should try to get him on the show. I think I've tried before and he was that. busy. Uh, it was like around comic con 2017. I tried talking oh, to yeah, him. Oh yeah. That's a busy time. And I think <laughs> I actually, I think we did actually correspond back and forth a couple times. It might be worth uh, reaching
2: out again, uh, and see what we can do. Yeah, that would be super cool. I've been a huge fan of him for a long time, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like that thing where you like have to look twice is my like thing. Like that is what I love the most, and when people can pull that off well, and I think he always does it somehow. Like it's so cool. Is that it? That's it. Do we do it? Then I think it's mm-hmm. time for us to roll some dice so we know what we're talking about
0: next week. What What do you guys think, audience? We'll do wait.
2: it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lauren's gonna hate me forever now.
2: i don't hate you i just just definitely disagree like completely
0: (laughs) i i'm learning for the first time that you and lauren have different personalities (laughs) and different tastes
1: i thought that uh i thought we were gonna get our first movie review from andrew that he didn't like and it was gonna blow my mind and then he loved it again i thought
0: so too That's the thing.
2: (laughs) You were like like going in it, uh, wanting to hate it, and you still liked it. I didn't want to hate (laughs) it. That's a good sign.
0: But I thought I was going to have to say the only thing I liked about it was Chris Pratt's abs, but I couldn't. Like, there was actually, it was actually redeemable. But when I started the movie, Patrick, I legitimately (laughs) thought about you saying in the back of my head, you don't have to only talk about things that you like. And I'm like, okay, here's a perfect example. I'm gonna watch this. I'm not gonna like it. Here we go, Patrick. This one's for you. And then I ended up freaking
1: liking it. So I read the entire synopsis while you were talking. By the way, I know everything that happens in the movie. Great. And so you're that- still gonna
2: watch it tomorrow.
1: I just don't have a desire to watch. The only the funny thing is the only reason I want to watch it is because the guy from Veep. I he's, think he's he, good in it. He is good in it. I, he is so. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, he's black. Uh, black. Yeah, he's incredibly <laughs> black. <laughs> now, what's the word where like you just like someone just draws you in because their personality and you just want to watch what they do? Engaging. Good enough. Charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. Charismatic. It's one of these words. It, yeah. it, I just want to see what he's in. That's it. And massively black. He is. Yeah. He's very black. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a ten four. Good buddy.
2: Oh, I love it! <laughs> a ten this week is film, yay!
1: Oh, you better. I'm, I'm,
2: gonna go I'm gonna go watch it. I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna rip it apart. I
0: uh, I rolled a fourteen and a three.
2: I got a twenty. Oh. Fourteen is
0: art. Art. Maybe we've got about, art film and film. I'm talking, about, talk, Dan, I'm talking about Dan. I'm talking about Dan Hip, And Lauren's going to tell us about her uh, remote working experience. Yeah, exactly. It's be great. Just uh, okay. pass it around the circle. <laughs> Perfect. All right, everybody, you know the drill. Find us over at M of one network where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff that we just talked about in this episode, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff, including an archive of over 500 episodes of some sort, shape or kind. Um, from hot seats, from conventions, to interview episodes with people like Dan Hipp and other artists and uh, creators from around the world. Uh, all the way down to pop culture conversations. So there's something for everybody. Head over to the archive to find it over there. Uh, like, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, are we still on Stitcher? Yes. Simps- uh, we're, on, uh, we're on Spotify for sure. Yes. We're on Spotify. Yes. Speaking of Spotify, uh, the... Uh, Armchair Expert podcast that I've talked about before with Dax Shepard. He, they just shifted to being only on Spotify, like a Spotify exclusive. And their first episode of, of that was July 1st, and it was with Barack Obama. Was, wow. Who's that? Uh, he was uh, the president before our real president. <laughs> and still current yeah. president. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, do that. Write review write a review. Rate the show. Super helpful for us. Doesn't take any money. But if you do want to throw a couple bucks our way, go over to patreon.com slash m of one podcast. Two, four, and six dollars get you extra content, extra stuff, extra time. <laughs> I don't this know.
1: week you're gonna learn about a car. Yes. And you're mm-hmm. gonna learn about Patrick's someone that I hate
0: decisively indecisive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're gonna learn about some stuff on this week's episode. Yeah, there's some things Love you're it. gonna
0: you're gonna you're gonna get an in-depth look into Patrick's psyche, uh, and you will all be better for it. I can promise you. <laughs> uh, but I think the inside for out now, of Patrick. <laughs> uh, join the Slack channel as well. Join the conversation. There's lots of things like the reality channel that uh, mm-hmm. Lauren is the goddess of, and uh, other fun things too that we <laughs> talk about. Uh, but for now. I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. I'm at Not Cool Co.
1: And I'm at M of One Podcast. (laughs) Peace
2: out. Adios. Goodbye.